Hello and welcome to Sheridan Worldwide's podcast, Brilliance Realized. And with this episode, we have our eyes firmly fixed on the future of work. My name is Catherine Delapore. I'm a coach, a digital anthropologist, and I work at the intersection of culture, technology, and data. Today, our topic for discussion is the social CHRO. We'll be looking at how social media channels have changed the way organizations communicate with both their customers and their employees. We'll be thinking about how purpose messages about changing the world for the better can be amplified on social channels and ask who's doing this really well. We'll consider the impact of hybrid working and a multi-generational workforce and what this means for traditional comms planning. Does social media offer people leaders the answer to a long-standing image problem? process junkies. Plus, we're going to be giving you some very practical tips on how to get started on social. Joining me today are two very special guests. Chloe Palmer is the people leader for Axel Europe. Axel is a global venture capital firm that is first partner to exceptional teams everywhere. UiPath, Trade Republic, Dropbox, Facebook, and Slack are just some of the companies the firm has partnered with over the past 38 years. Chloe has the privilege of working with the early stage tech companies across the Axel family on a range of people and talent topics. And Damien Corbett is a social media strategist with over 20 years experience in PR and communications. He founded the Social C-Suite to help senior leaders get the most from social media. He regularly speaks on podcasts and webinars and at conferences and leadership events. Damien also interviews CEOs for his blog and his book. The Social CEO was recently published by Bloomsbury and it is an excellent read. Um, Highly recommend that. Very warm welcome, Chloe and Damien. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Catherine. Lovely to be on the podcast. So we're going to go to my first question. And Damien, I'm coming to you. What misconceptions do leaders have about social media? And what are the main barriers to getting started? There's two parts to that question. And I think looking at the misconceptions, first of all, um, Catherine, I think a lot of leaders still think, you know, even in 2021, they still think that social media is, is a waste of time or that it's irrelevant to them. And um, a lot of them also think that they might, even if they think that it might be something that's useful, they think they just don't have the time. And those are two of the, the big misconceptions that, it's, that it, it, it's, it's not relevant to them and that it's a time suck. And I think a lot of them are also worried that it's a bit risky. Uh, you know, um, a lot of leaders have been raised on uh, a sort of command and control way of thinking. And to suddenly let go and be on a social media channel where what you say is seen by anybody and anybody can respond. And if you say the wrong thing, it can backfire. These are all sort of fears, I suppose, um, associated with with social media. And um, I think on on the back of those kind of fears and misconceptions, you you sort of get some of the barriers then um, start to appear. It's things like not really understanding what social media is about. And that comes from not knowing 
you know that, that it's it's actually a valuable tool sometimes leaders feel that you know they'll i have even ceos say to me sometimes that yes i mean it's it's a great idea but i just don't know what to say i don't know what you know how to say it and of course this is nonsense but you know this is the way people um see it and i think one of the biggest uh, barriers is actually fear and this comes with the, the the sort of misconception about risk and of course there are risks associated with social media but with the right uh, training the right uh, setup the right team around you it, it's 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 just any other business tool and that's really how it should be treated this idea of risks and feeling fearful actually um I don't know what to say or how to say it. That's really, really interesting. Resonates very much with me in terms of my first dalliance uh, a few years ago with LinkedIn. But of course, where there are risks, there are also huge opportunities. So I want to think about and consider the value of social media for organizations. And when we think about leaders and specifically uh, the exec team in Axel's portfolio companies, Chloe, a question to you. How are they using social media, if at all? Great question. Um, And it certainly varies on the company, but we are lucky enough that we partner with exceptional teams really, really early stage. Um, And they're right at the beginning of their scale-up journey. So social media is a phenomenal platform for leaders to share their vision. They can talk about the problem they're trying to solve the disruption they're looking to cause or the change they're looking to drive. And you can reach a really diverse audience through social media platforms. It gives leaders in our portfolio companies a way of engaging with current customers, new customers, as well as existing and potentially new employees as well. Um, And on that, it's a phenomenal way of building your employer brand. The war on talent is a term that's used a lot, but it's real. And social media can be a way that leaders can differentiate a company and build their employer brand. Leaders can use social media to give candidates a window into their organization from the top and be really accessible and transparent. People want to work for authentic human leaders who are passionate about what they do. And social media really allows leaders to build their personal as as well as their company brand. I totally agree with you there, Chloe. I mean, I think um, you kind of hit the nail on the head there when you talked about people wanting to work who, who, who who they can see, who they can relate to. And being on social media is the best way to show what you know, what you are as a leader, what you stand for. And um, there's certainly a lot of people who are people leaders, um, people who are CEOs, people who are involved in any aspect of uh, uh, employee engagement or recruitment or um, employee advocacy. It's the CEOs who are active on social, who are the, are, are a big draw, and they are kind of like the chief cheerleader for the organization. And if they can be if they can get it right on social, it just makes it so much easier for the rest of the organization, for the people side of it, to to get the right kind of talent and to retain talent as well. There's a great CEO who I interviewed for my blog not that long ago. Um, he's called Brian Garish, and he's the CEO of um, Banfield Pet Hospital in the USA, and it's the largest chain of of, um, of veterinary uh, surgeries in, in, in the US. And Brian uses Instagram brilliantly, and he uses it to engage with his workforce more than anything else. He also, obviously, because it's a public platform, 
he uses it to engage with the public. But his reasoning is because most of the, the vets who work for Banfield are fairly young. Nearly all of them are on Instagram. So he uses Instagram to actually talk to them and to share his thoughts and to engage. And he comments on posts that they've shared. They comment on his posts. And it's just a wonderful kind of um, culture that he generates in the organization. I love that phrase, chief cheerleader. I think that's that's really fantastic. And Chloe, your point about authentic leadership and creating this window into organizations, um, because so many organizations, particularly to people who don't know them, are, are faceless. And I think that that authenticity is so, so important. Um, I wanted to turn our attention to organizations or particular individuals perhaps um, in the C-suite with a focus on either the CHRO or the CEO who are really doing this well, who are kind of showcasing best in class in terms of uh, use of social media and particularly the piece around amplifying purpose. Because there is some level of skepticism with some organizations around this issue of greenwashing, that companies are saying the right things, but maybe they're not doing the right things in terms of environmental impact or social impact. So Damien, question to you, um, who, who's really doing this well? Who stands out for you? Wow, there's a lot. So the CEO who I almost think is kind of the, um, he's like the, the gold standard almost. Um, his name is Jack Salswadell. And he's the CEO of American Family Insurance in the US. And what Jack does is he is he he calls himself the chief communications officer. And he is he is and the cheerleader, he is the, the face of the organization. It's unfortunate that he's he's actually going to be retiring soon, but I think he'll be staying on, on in in a board role. But what Jack does is he he talks about purpose and he he means it. Because Jack has been on social media for a long time, and he's always sort of flown his, um, you know, sort of held his colours to the mast. When it comes to issues to do with um, gender equality or LGBT or race relations, Jack is always very quick to talk about how important it is to the organisation and to him. And I'll just give you an example. Um, last year, when um, George Floyd was killed, and there was the kind of resurgence of the um, of the Black Lives Matter movement, of course, which had never gone away. He was very quick to 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 talk about how how he felt about everything and how the organization was you know doing everything it could to to you know to to be inclusive and he even went as far as to have the um there was a kind of mural of George Floyd that was um, painted on a wall with all the all the flowers in front he made that mm-hmm. his social media banner picture on Twitter and LinkedIn you know so yeah. th- that's quite a statement you know for a sort of middle-aged or sort of like an old white guy in America you know to actually you know you know, running an insurance company doesn't sound very exciting, but this is yes. what, what Jack did. And it, it kind of, it really kind of showed, you know, he kind of means it. And it's great mm-hmm. to see that. And it's, it's not just the, the fact that he put the picture up there. It's the fact that he, he talks about these kind of issues all the time. It's funny, everyone I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning so far is from America. And that, that's coincidental, I think. So mm-hmm. there's one who I came across recently who I think is really good um, looking at her LinkedIn profile. And her name is, is Patricia Wortham, and she's based in New York. And um, she's just, she, she, she speaks out a lot about, um, she, she talks about diversity and about gender equality mm-hmm. and about how important it is in organizations. Um, and I think it's important when somebody in that position 
is 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 talking about that because then it, it will become a reality if somebody who's responsible for the for the, for the people and for the culture really really cares about it and is 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 talking about it passionately it will become part of the culture um and there's a nice quote here from one of her linkedin posts from the last um month or so and she said um uh, i've always wanted to be an, a to be the top HR executive at an organization for a specific reason. It was so that other young girls from inner cities could see me and strive to be what they aspired to be. I wanted to be the beginning for them, not the end. And I just love that because she, you know, she, she comes from an inner city background. She's not from a, an Ivy league university. And so not only is she championing equality, but she's almost like a kind of figurehead and say, look at me, I can do it. Um, and I, love that. I, I, I really like I absolutely that. Love that. Love that. And particularly so because um, inclusion is such uh, an important part of culture and building strong, resilient culture within organizations, um, not least actually because the, of the ESG, environmental social impact agenda that is really starting to take off. Um, and institutional investors are becoming more and more interested in things like the diversity of the boards of directors and, of course, culture and how people get treated within organizations. That is actually starting to impact capital flows and investment decisions in organizations. So um, being a, ch a chief cheerleader on these topics is actually becoming significant in terms of organizational value and capital flows. It's a very, very significant shift. Uh, Chloe, I wanted to come back to you and this topic of war on talent and talent in particular. And so thinking about multi-generational workforces and, and talent pools, what do you think are the kind of pros and cons of using social media? What does what does social media have to offer a business that wants to attract and retain top, top talent? I think there's many things that it offers, which I'll come on to. Um, but I think one of the things I think social media has done is it holds leaders to a higher standard. Um, we have multi-generational workforce and certainly some of the new generations are demanding more than ever from their employers. What are their ESG strategies? Um, how are the leaders behaving on a day-to-day -day basis? If you have leaders that are not operating in a values-driven, high-integrity manner, someone's going to write a blog post about you. Someone's going to put something on Glassdoor. Someone might tweet about you. That social media is being used to drive change in organisational cultures and hold employers, I say, to a higher standard. Um, I'm going to pick on my dad here, but in my last company, we introduced a number of things around well-being. So we ran meditation classes twice a week and yoga and there was personal development budgets and all sorts of things. And my dad honestly thought I had lost my marbles. But those things had come into our workforce at workplace because our workforce had changed. And in my mind, those are all incredibly positive things. Um, and if we weren't doing them, we would certainly not get a positive representation on social media. But to bring it back to your question, we would also struggle to hire some of that A player talent. Um, and I also think social media is incredibly important, not just to showcase your culture and the vision behind your company, getting people inspired about what you're doing and 
what your company is looking to achieve. But also your candidate market is now on social media. You have to take the discussion to them. Um, Social media is a very regular and normal part of many generations' life in the day-to-day basis. If you want to attract people, you've got to take the information and um, discussion to where they are. And that is on social media. I think that's um, such a good point again, Chloe. Uh, um, I'm going to mention um, Brian Garrish again from the uh, the Banfield Pet Hospital, and he 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 absolutely epitomizes what you said there. He actually said in my interview with him, talking about being on Instagram, he says, as leaders, we must go to where the conversation is happening instead of expecting the conversation to come to us. That's why I use Instagram. It's where our people are every day. And of course, he's referring to his employees, but you know, the same could be said for potential employees as well. I think you need to go where the conversation is and where they are. And the world's changed. You know, we live in a kind of social media age and uh, you know, the genie's out the bottle now and we, we can't really kind of put it back. So leaders just have to adapt and kind of get with it. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think particularly for chief people officers or um, chief HR officers, um, you mentioned it earlier, Damon, but there's certainly a risk in terms of putting yourself out there on social media. And I think particularly within our function, we tend to be slightly more on the risk adverse side because I sometimes think we can be held to a slightly higher standard. But mm. if you're a people leader out there and you're on social media doing amazing things, you know, you're kind of rebranding our industry in a lot of ways. And people are going to want to work somewhere where the people leader is cool, <laughs> where they Absolutely. stand for something, where they're being a thought leader, where they're showcasing their company in a, a fantastic way. Um, so I think it's uh, social media is the job of everybody in a leadership team. How you use it certainly needs to be thoughtful and not just for the sake of it. But I think it's an incredibly powerful tool that we just can't avoid now. So um, people's comfort levels are going to have to adjust and, and, and get with it. Definitely. I, I wanted to build, Chloe um, and Damien, on this, this point around personal branding, um, which clearly has always been an important component to um, developing as a leader. But let's put this into, obviously, the sphere of social media Um, and the public domain. And just a recent conversation I was reflecting on with, I had recently with an HR professional uh, who is kind of in the early stages of her career. And she said something very interesting. She said, I make recommendations, strategic recommendations to the board, and they sometimes get ignored. Uh, A consultant will come in, make the same recommendation and get hired. My questions, what's really going on here? And Linking this in with this conversation we're having about personal brand and social channels, what impact can being an active user on social have uh, when it comes to um, having a point of view or um, being a thought leader? I think you know what might be going on there is 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 also the fact that they, that the company has paid a consultant and they feel they need to they need to listen to what the consultant says, which is which is a, a shame and and um, you know that but it, it's true that there are people who you know who are employees in in an organisation HR people who have got great ideas they are professionals after all and it's it's a shame when they don't get listened to it could be because she's quite junior people don't take her seriously who knows but I think 
by using social media to position oneself as a thought leader, I'm, I'm kind of funny about that term. I'm kind of, I'm not, I don't like the term thought leader, but we all know what, what we mean by that. Mm-hmm. And um, LinkedIn, you know, for example, is a great way to, posi- to position oneself as, uh, I can think of alternative terms to thought leader, to somebody who, who, who cares about their industry, who, who understands their industry, who, who speaks out about their industry. That could be a thought leader, and if you were doing that on on a platform like LinkedIn and perhaps Twitter, you will start to get noticed, and you will get a reputation as somebody who is a de facto thought leader. And that that notice will probably also, you know, come from within your own organisation, and you know, you will then start to be taken, perhaps, hopefully, more seriously, and people will listen to what you have to say. So yes, um, there's definitely an advantage to to using social media to build up one's personal brand in that way and I think it's definitely it's good to have a point of view and an opinion about things and sometimes there might be something that's a bit controversial and too many people sort of want to sit on the fence and don't want to kind of take you know be too decisive and you know they don't want to fall on the wrong side but I think it's good to have a point of view have an opinion backed up by by knowledge and education and and uh, information uh, and, and again, if, if you, you know, there's, there's, there's enough strong issues and lots of issues in HR and, and people management at the moment with all the kind of remote working and return to work and um, all sorts of issues. So there's plenty of issues to, to make a stand on. And I think if you do make a stand and do have, a, have, a, have opinions about things, again, that will help to get you noticed and perhaps taken more seriously than if you were just sitting on the fence quietly. Definitely. And I, I think the other place where social media can add is Social media is a community in so many ways. So you can also build conviction around an idea by reaching out to others in your network um, or using social media to speak to people, start a discussion. Um, I spend a lot of my time working with companies across the Excel family, um, connecting people or people saying, tell me what's so-and-so doing. Um, And sometimes it's actually just about building up that conviction through connections which can be uh, facilitated through the social media to give you a little bit of extra firepower when you're going into those conversations. I love that term build conviction I think that's a great thing (laughs) it's a great expression and uh, yeah I mean using your social community to do that um, is um, something that's perhaps under um, looked. Chloe you and I had a conversation a while back and I one of the things that really resonated was this idea of building a personal board can you tell us a bit more about that? We are investors that sit on company boards, but as individuals, what does your personal board look like? Who are your trusted advisors, sounding boards, people who would tell you the hard, honest truth when you don't want to hear it or will will give you a different point of view? I think it's incredibly important to build your own personal board as you go through your career um, and have those people around you. Uh, for those moments of highs and those moments of lows. For me, a concept for personal board is a really powerful one. And you can use social media to recruit your personal board and and get in contact. And um, I'm always very um, overwhelmed by how generous people are with their time. Um, And it's a give and take. I might ask someone to help me with something and have them as part of my personal board. And at some point I'll help them or I'll help someone else in their network. I think social media can be a bit of a recruiting tool for you to connect with people and, and build your personal board over time. I agree with that as well. I think um, 
too many people think of social media as just a broadcasting mechanism, but it's it's a fantastic way to to grow a network and to find people who are who can be trusted advisors or uh, people who are who you can just turn to even if they're not part of a, um, a, a, a a strict sort of network, but people who you can turn to for help. And as you said, Chloe, you can help them or, or you know sort of other people in their networks in return. And social media is so many things. It it is this kind of global brain that we you know we all should be tapping into for very, lots of different reasons and uh, the personal board is, 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 a, is a great example. I, I, I think so and I, I would encourage everyone to kind of build their personal board it's that kind of next level on from having a, a mentor. Um, the other way I think um, social media can be incredibly powerful and sorry Catherine this is definitely off topic from your question but uh, we have a, a number of companies in the Axel family who um, use social media to build communities um, with customers and um, people who can help them develop the product. So if you take Raza, for example, they're an open source conversational AI. They have an entire community full of podcasts and live streams and discussion boards um, for developers using the product and helping them better the product. Um, I think it's a fantastic way of using social. Um, we have a, another company called Tessian, who are a human layer security company, and they have a fantastic podcast. Um, and their leadership team are very vocal on different channels of um, social media. And they've just been, and they're, they're a growing company, um, and they've just been named as um, number seven in the Great Place to Work Tech UK, which is, you know, a very prestigious award, um, and in one of the top places for women to work in 2021. And they've been able to build a um, very inclusive, diverse workforce uh, by sharing what they're doing on social media, but also getting feedback as well, to Damien's point, it's a two-way piece. It's not just broadcasting. It's a phenomenal way of engaging people, learning and, and bettering yourself and, and what you're doing. Damien, we we must mention, uh, you've, you've recently, just building on Chloe's point, this new social media networking site called Guild, which kind of sounds a little bit similar to what Chloe was just saying. Yes, I came across Guild a, a, a year ago. I, I can't remember how I did and I downloaded the app and I haven't really used it. But then somebody in my network, and of course, this is how social media works. Somebody in my network was commenting on my post and had made a post based on my on on, on an interview I'd done with 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 Brian Garrish, the CEO of the of, of of the vet company I mentioned. And then she was asking, you know, do you know other great examples of of CEOs and leaders on social media? Um, and then somebody else commented on that and said, yes, uh, that the the CEO of Guild is a great example, and she was in my network. And so it it that kind of led me back to have a look at Guild again. And it's a really good platform. Um, it's a kind of it's hard to describe what it is, but it's sort of a social network for people in leadership positions. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be aimed a lot at kind of people in the kind of marketing and design areas but there seems to be a strong hr contingent in there yes. there are people from from across the board really and there it's it seems to be it's it's a uk network but it's quickly becoming quite international and a lot of my network i've noticed are already on there so it's it, it's an interesting one and because it's a slightly it's perhaps different from twitter you can't see the posts publicly you have to be kind mm-hmm. of 
on the on the app logged in and then you can have con private conversations with people and no one else can see those conversations so and and you can make groups like you can on linkedin but again it's a bit more kind of um it's a bit more secure in a way so it's it's maybe more of a community than a social network so it, it's it's an interesting one definitely um and you know it just shows how social media and platforms are are evolving all the time with things like coming up and we had clubhouse was really popular earlier this year the kind of chat yes. social network that's still going but it's sort of quietened down a bit so there's always new things coming along i just mentioned them because uh, what you said earlier about um thinking about the uh, an, an alternative to thought leader that is actually speaking about what you care about in your particular industry and i just noticed that building inclusive cultures seem to be one of the most uh, popular channels uh, for on that particular um, platform. So I thought that was really, really interesting, people sharing ideas about building inclusive cultures. But a couple of observations about how human resource professionals, how I've seen HR professionals use platforms like Link LinkedIn. To your earlier point, uh, Damien, about broadcast, um, I see a lot of HR professionals using LinkedIn to broadcast job adverts. That's one thing that I see them do an awful lot. The second thing that I see them doing a lot is when they are transitioning into consulting roles, they suddenly start using LinkedIn, or maybe they've just written a book. And I think that's, I think that's really interesting. And clearly, there's so much more to social media platforms as we've, as we've already talked about. Um, so it's, it would appear that there is a massive opportunity um, for particularly for HR people to really, um, as you say, build their network, build their personal brands, um, build their personal boards, um, and be this authentic face and voice for their organizations in a world where obviously we're working uh, hybrid working models, distributed workforces, uh, where, where actually social media is really starting to come into its own in terms of um, um, the opportunity to amplify messages um, both to customers and also employees. I think that um, like a lot of um, people on, on, on social media, if you think about CEOs, you know, we, uh, I know the, the good CEOs who use social media well, but they are probably only 5% of the CEOs who are out there. A lot of them don't, or they might just mm. use LinkedIn occasionally. Um, and it's the same, I suppose, with the HR profession. A lot of them will think of it as, you know, LinkedIn's the recruitment platform. I'll use it to advertise for jobs, you know, for, you know if, if I'm looking for people. And as you say, suddenly when they become consultants, suddenly their, their, their approach might change. And I think it's just a learning process about what social media is, going back to the very kind of early, <clears throat> you know, that first question about misconceptions and um, misunderstandings about social media. And I think there's still a lot of education to to be done. And that's why podcasts like this are great, because we can remind people what what social media is and what it can be and what it's for. And the potential, as you said, Catherine, is massive. There's huge potential for so many things on social media. And uh, if only people realized it. And the great thing is that it's free and you can tap into this amazing network, global network of experts. You can become a thought leader. You can, uh, you can bounce questions around. You can, build a, you, you can build a personal board. You can do all of these amazing things. And if only more HR people realize that and actually you know, realize it's more than just a place to advertise jobs. Um, and hopefully that is starting to change.
Yes, yes. Chloe, quick, quick question to you. <coughs> um, since obviously COVID happened, um, as a people leader, have social channels become more or less important with the advent of hybrid working, for example, when you're um, communicating with a distributed workforce? Great question. I think there's two kind of angles to that. The first one is your existing team and using social media. I think it can be a really instant, time efficient way of communicating with your team in a very authentic way. Tweets feel far less orchestrated than a long, you know, email newsletter to the team. Um, there's a way that you can use social media for internal comms in a way that's pretty authentic. Um, in my last company, we had a private Instagram page for the team. So it wasn't for everyone publicly, but it was a really nice way of engaging with the team, sharing photos, etc. So I certainly think that social media can be used more internally, whereas typically we tend to think about it as an external facing um, channel or channels, I should say. Externally as well, I think one of the things remote and hybrid and uh, distributed team work has happened is people are now looking to hire in further flung places. There's a number of companies that we work with who are um, remote first. <coughs> they don't have an office. They have no intention of having an office. Um, and social media can be a wonderful way of reaching people in new markets and um, sharing what they stand for as a, a company, what I say, what they're trying to do, the, the vision that they are shooting for. Um, it's a wonderful way of connecting with people further afield. I say there's often a catalyst for change that causes tools to be adopted or not adopted. I think the last 18 months has definitely been a catalyst in favour of social media usage. Yes, I agree. Definitely, um, you know, with the lockdowns and the and, and the kind of the kind of advent of more remote working, social media has definitely become it's it's kind of come on the radar a lot more for people in leadership positions because they've realised that it's a way to engage with their, you know, their workforce, you know, internally, um, which might seem bizarre when you think about social media, but actually it, it can work both ways. And uh, um, <clears throat> there's a CEO of a um, of a law firm called Sarah Walker Smith, and she's interesting. Actually, um, I interviewed her as well for my blog. But she's the um, she's the only female non lawyer CEO of a UK law firm. But she during during COVID, she she was at high risk, so she had to work from. She didn't even work at home. She 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 worked in a shed in the garden, so she kind of pimped up her shed and shared pictures on social media, and um, she did pod casts from there and she absolutely loved it and she was saying that she she, she didn't really want to go back to to, to working in the office because she loved the remote working role and, and the way that she used social media as well to to engage um, in, in a much more inclusive and um, active way than perhaps she had done before she absolutely embraced the whole remote working social media culture and I think that's kind of she's bringing that she's going to take that forward as people might start drifting back to the office um, I think there's that that culture of uh, being able to work with people anywhere it doesn't really matter where they are as long as they can do the job and um, you know as Chloe said you can use social to to engage um, with those people and make them feel part of the family love all of that and um, just to, as we wrap this conversation up I wanted to uh, come to you with a couple of quick fire questions if I am uh, sitting in the audience now listening to this podcast and I've never ventured onto any of the social channels and frankly I'm 
I'm feeling really nervous about doing so. What, Damien, to you, what, what are your kind of uh, top tips or practical steps for getting started on LinkedIn? Well, I think basically, I mean, if you, you know, if you have a LinkedIn profile, have a look at it, make sure it's updated. And I think just start posting, start posting, share your thoughts uh, with your network. And I think you'd be surprised how um, people will respond. People will, people will, 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 will reply, they'll comment. And uh, I think it's, it's as simple as that. Just get started. Do you want to try and engage with potential employees or do you want to attract investment? Do you want, you know, think about what you might want to achieve and then kind of go from there, but just start sharing and also have a look at other conversations that your network might be involved in, join in conversations, tag people in a couple of your posts so that they see what you're saying and, um, you know, just get, get the ball rolling and you'll see it will start to, the momentum will build from there. Just take it slow. Chloe, what's been your experience of using LinkedIn or Twitter? What's what's your kind of personal viewpoint on it? I'm a complete hypocrite because <laughs> 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 I think I say incredibly powerful for all the reasons we've talked about today. Um, but it's not something I have personally used to great extent. I am very engaged with other people's posts and liking and commenting. Um, and I love some of the content that you get on LinkedIn. What's so nice about it is it's not edited in a magazine. It's someone's raw thoughts. So I get a huge amount of inspiration from Twitter posts, articles that are linked, blog posts, LinkedIn, um, Instagram captions with um, photos attached to them. I, I get a huge amount of inspiration, also energy from it. Um, but I'm taking more from that ecosystem than I'm giving back. So, um, I mean, I'm being recorded, but one of the things I'm definitely committing to doing after this is being more active and as Damien said I will start slowly and I'm sure it will build up excellent (laughs) (laughs) good to hear we're holding you to that Chloe um Damien predictions for how social media channels will be used by boards and organizations in the future oh god it's always dangerous to make predictions (laughs) I I I do think that you know it's inevitable that it will become more um more widespread and um uh, you know obviously Boards are very different beasts to, you know, um, you know, like depending on the industry and, and, and the individuals. But I think as social media becomes, you know, it, it's embedded in society now. And as new platforms emerge, things like Guild, you know, I, I think we'll, you will find that social media will become a lot more, um, maybe not the norm in, in the next few years, but certainly a lot more widely used. I mean, I'd love to see it become a, a, something that every leader does and um, maybe we will get to that place, that point but I think it will definitely become more more um, more accepted and, and um, more ingrained in um, in the way boards work uh, interestingly there's 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 um Twitter is, is developing something called Twitter for professionals which is rolling out I'm not sure when but again it's it, it's one of these um, ways that the social networks are trying to make themselves more relevant for people in professional or leadership positions. Um, so I'm not quite sure what it's going to be, but, you know, it's, it's interesting that Twitter is thinking along those lines. So, you know, I think there will always be iterations of existing social networks, updates to make them perhaps easier or more relevant for, for leaders. So I think that um, will also encourage um, more take-up. <clears throat> Very interesting. Well, watch this space. Chloe, any final um, comments from you? It's thinking about the future of work. And I was particularly taken by um, this, uh, the point you were making around authenticity and values driven. 
Absolutely. I say, I think social media is a way of putting a human persona to a name and profile CV on the internet. I think it's a way of putting a, a personal touch to someone's profile on the internet. You can pretty much find anyone on the internet these days, but it doesn't mean you really know who they are or what they stand for, or what they might be like to work with. And that's in all different ways. So when we are investing in founders, they want to know what we're going to be like working with them because it's probably a seven to 10 year journey with us. Um, and we will sit on their board. Um, you are joining a company. You want to know who you're working with and what they'll be like because at points you'll spend more time with them than you will your loved ones. So using social media to humanize us all, I think is incredibly important. And that will happen at all different parts of organizations um, and supply chains and um, investment flows. It will trickle through. There will certainly be a ripple effect. But I say I think it's a wonderful way of making us all a little bit more human and allowing us to connect on a, on a deeper level. Well, what a brilliant note to end this podcast, humanizing work. Uh, a very big thank you to our guests today. Thank you, Chloe, and thank you, Damien. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it far and wide and very much looking forward to having you back here for our next episode of Brilliant Realized. <laughs>